Let's recite this before the Lord as a prayer. It's taken from Isaiah 50, verse 4. So it's not just man's word, this is God's word. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Amen. Please be seated. I want to continue the message I started uh, two weeks ago that I titled uh, Dedicated Devotion. Dedicated Devotion. When you come to Christ and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, it should be for eternity. Not just here on earth that you serve him, you stay dedicated to him. No matter what comes into your life, no matter what happens, you stay dedicated to your God. And God has said in his word, I didn't ask Jacob to serve me in vain. You can never serve God in vain. But things will come into your life that you don't understand. Difficulties will come because the Bible says the Lord allows his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So when you have rain, it's nothing unusual. But for your rain as a Christian, God has a purpose. Many times he will not tell you anything. He doesn't speak to you. It just happens, and you're wondering. But he wants you to stay dedicated to him, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when, when you don't know why. God, I've done all. But what's going on here? You must remember, it's always according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8 makes it very clear to us. It starts with... Verse 26, I didn't want to use that, but 26, he says, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. He doesn't say we don't know how to pray. He says we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Why? Because God reserves all of that secret to himself. You don't know what to pray for. But the Spirit makes intercession for us. The Spirit of God, that's why it's so important that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. It's a gift. You don't have to struggle to receive it. It's just a gift. You don't have to beg God. And my book will talk, talk to you about that. If you read, you can get... You can receive the Holy Spirit at home by yourself. If you are afraid, something is wrong. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. And you can't be afraid of receiving something from God. I'm digressing a little bit, but this is important. Jesus said, if you ask for bread, your father will not give you a stone. So why are you afraid? First, give your life to Christ. And then ask for the Holy Spirit. As it says in Luke chapter 11 verse 13. Ask for the Holy Spirit. How much more will your father give the Holy Spirit? But then it says, now as you pray in the Spirit, now he who searches the heart knows, notice it didn't say the heart, the heart, everyone. He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is. So you're praying and he's praying in the spirit and the spirit is working something in the life and God is paying attention to the mind of the spirit. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. 
Because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit is praying for you, through you in tongues? God is praying not what you want, but God's will for your life. He knew you before you were born. He knew you before you were conceived. You had been in his mind. And then came the time of manifestation. He knows what you will be like from the beginning when you were born and what's going to be the end. You don't know it. He already planned it. You live it out. And then it says, and we know, that's our part. You better know. And we know that all things, can I hear the word all things? You don't sound too convincing. All things. All things, whether good or bad, no matter what's going on, all things work together for good. So everything that's happening in your life is working out for your good, if you are a believer. Some of them don't look pleasant. Some of them make you cry. No matter what it is, if the word of God is true, and I know the word of God is true, all things are working for your good. That's why the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Because it's working for you. It seems unpleasant right now, but it's working for you. If the word of God is true, and I know it's true, that thing, whether bad or good, is working for you according to the word of God. He's working for you. And as you pray, the Spirit gives to God exactly what God is preparing for you in that situation. Every situation that you are in, God knows and recognizes. He knows what you're going through. He understands the pain. You know, often I tell my son, I told you when he calls me, he says he has this problem in school, in his ministry, and uh, I can tell he's really down. And I'm talking to him, and I said, I said to him constantly, God is training your hands for battle. Through the difficulty... Because something greater is coming your way. And if you can't handle this now, you won't be able to deal with the future plan that he has for your life. So he has to train you just like he trained David to be the king. Saul had no training. He failed. But David had many difficulties. But he stayed dedicated to his master. And the end was kingship. Your end is kingship as well. Amen. Or should I say queenship? <laughs> to be politically correct, something not kidding. Queenship. Never know where that word came from. But those things are working together. For good to those who love God. And those who are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. That's what you must always remember. It's not about you. It's about you to get you to heaven. Amen? And Jesus fulfilled that for you. And me. So we can receive him and work out his purpose for our life. He needs you as a soldier for the cross. Amen? And he trains your hands for battle. So we are always conquerors in Christ. Amen? That's it. This reminds me. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the first thing for a man to go after in life is the kingdom of God. You know why? Because that's where you will find his purpose. Notice he didn't say just the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To live righteous before God. Having a right standing with him. That doesn't mean you won't sin. But when you sin, you go back to him and ask for forgiveness. And the Bible says he will cleanse you from your sin. He will forgive you. And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So once you do that, you are back into righteousness. And you are seeking the righteous work of God. What we are doing as a church is seeking God's righteousness. We come in here every morning, early, Sunday school, together. We study in His Word. Because that's the Word that created all things. The Word made you. I can look at you today because the Word. Everything was created by the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created by Him. Who created all things? The Word. So the more of the Word of God we know, the better, the closer we get to his purpose for our lives. And his purpose is always good. Always good. There may be some difficulties like David went through, like Joseph went through, but the end is always good. Today, we're talking about David. He's been gone for thousands of years. But when you walk with God and you really follow Him and you're dedicated to Him, you're never forgotten. You're never. Let me say this scripture here. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. It says, And we desire that each one of you, each one of you, Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So no matter what you're going through, diligence of hope till the end. Don't quit in the middle. Don't get down in the middle. You got God with you. He says, I will always be with you even to the end. So when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. There is no need to feel down when God is standing by your side. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. In Isaiah, he says, I'll help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will help. So he tells you, show some diligence to the full assurance of hope. Don't let your hope go away just because things are difficult. God is taking you through a path where you can get to your destiny, the destiny he created for you, the future God has for you. That's what's going on. You may not understand it at the time, but when it's over, you go, hmm, now I get it. Amen? Amen. Now I get it. One thing with God, He doesn't tell you much. He doesn't tell you why you're going through this. You just have to have that that diligence all to the end, hoping in God. According to the scriptures here. So, same diligence, 
just like Paul and the rest of them, to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish. I tell the word, what does that mean? Sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherited or inherit the promise. Through faith and patience. Many times we act, we act like, well, God, if you don't do it now, I, I'm just going to go this way. If McDonald's doesn't give me the burger that I want in my time, it's five minutes, what's wrong with you? I heard that this morning. I'm going to go to Water Burger. And I'm never coming back to McDonald's. That's your punishment for five minutes of me waiting to get my burger. It doesn't work that way with God. And sometimes they can allow something for a very long time. So the, the, that word sluggish is don't become bored with your Christian life. Or be spiritually dull and indifferent. People just go to church constantly. It's Sunday morning. Oh, it's Sunday morning. I've got to go to church. But you're not really digging. You're not really seeking. Maybe you're not praying in the Spirit much. You don't read the Bible. You're so worried about your situation, you don't throw it, put it in the hands of God and surrender. And say, wherever you want me to go, that's where I'm going. And God's always with you. Let me show you something here. God didn't tell Abraham to go into Egypt. Did you know that? Abraham just went to Egypt. But God was with him. And then he lied. No, you know by then? But he was a child of God. I don't understand all of that. But God was working out his purpose for his life. Abraham went into Egypt having just little. Genesis 12. By Genesis, by Genesis 13, his life had changed. Even though he lied. In one situation, God told that king, you better go to Abraham, he's a prophet, let him pray for you. After he lied. That's the way God works. I mean, I'm not telling you to go tell lies, right? Okay? But I got to lie in this situation. No, no, no. That's another dispensation, okay? <laughs> That's different. But many times, we don't understand what he's doing. Today, we read scriptures and we are satisfied with what we are reading. But I want you to put yourself in the lives of the people God was dealing with. So you can gain understanding. Last week, I started talking to you about Mary, Lazarus, and Martha. They were friends of Jesus. They knew Jesus was the promised Messiah. Whether they knew that Jesus was God himself, I don't know. But I wish I was in Lazarus' shoes. If I recognize God is in my house in person, hey, I won't let him go anywhere. <laughs> Stay with me. But that was God in human flesh. There's only one God. That was God in human flesh. He's called Jesus. And he was in their house and was their friend. And he loved them and they loved them. And Lazarus got sick. And Jesus was told, your friend or the one whom you love is sick. Martha and Mary sent a message. Now I can tell you this, that it was a desperate situation. Think about the pain Lazarus had to go through. It killed him, right? 
Jesus knew. They told Jesus about it. And Jesus said, well, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. It's always God's purpose. Can I hear an amen? It's always God's purpose. Not what you are going through right now is God's purpose. But in that, even though you go through that, for God's purpose, you go into a higher level of walking with God to understand his person. We have to understand God's ways and the scripture and the experience that people went through in the scripture. That's what reveals to us the way God does his thing. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What is planning? I mean, think about the universe. How can you plan for your life without God? How? You don't know much. This place has been here for a long time before you got here. And God has seen everything. And knows everything. And knows everything about your life. Why don't you just give him your life? Give your life over to him and sorry, and God, whatever. I'm going to serve you. He has a lot of promises which we can obtain through faith and patience. Through faith and patience. Patience means I got to wait for it. Jesus stayed after hearing that Lazarus was sick, stayed for two more days. That's two more days for pain for Lazarus. And wondering, we already sent a message. Why is it not coming? Why is it not here? Does he not care? But he cared deeply for Lazarus, even though Lazarus was going through pain. But it's not just Lazarus. Martha, Mary, the friends, they are all in pain, wondering what's going to happen. Not only that, Jesus knew and he allowed him to die. Hello. Allowed Lazarus to die. What do you think Mary and Martha were thinking? They didn't have cell phone to call Jesus. But God is working out his purpose. Even in Lazarus' life. You see, Martha, Mary, even though they probably didn't understand what was going on and nobody was explaining to them, they knew if Jesus had come, Lazarus would live. But when Jesus showed up, and Jesus was way from where they were, Martha took off just to see him. Dedication. Not to blame him. She went. Ran out from everybody and Martha went and worshipped him. Let me read to you. Then Martha, that's John 11, Verse 20 through 29. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was was sitting in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They knew that. But... She didn't separate herself from Jesus. She still went to Jesus. But this is something here. Where you have to hold on your hope till the end. Notice what she said next. She said, but even now. Even now. I know my brother is dead. But I know even now. No blaming of Jesus. She was still holding on to hope. The brother had been dead for four days. 
but she was still holding on to hope. I said to Jesus, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. What was she talking about? Hello? What was she talking about? A man that's been dead for four days and you're still holding on to hope and still dedicated to this man, the Messiah? That's what God wants from us. She didn't ask to get explanation. Why did you delay so much? Even now I know. Jesus said to her, because she knew, he knew what she was at, at, uh, talking about, your brother will rise again. Amen? She addressed her heart. Your brother will rise again. But in Martha's mind, that word rise again means uh, in the future. Your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Sometimes we may falter in our faith, but God picks it up from there. Amen? You just need to express it. Jesus knew what was in our heart and addressed the problem, but in our mind, Rise again means in the future. But once you have that little grain of faith, it takes it over. Amen? It takes it over. He says, at the resurrection, that's what Martha said. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. We don't have to wait. Amen? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. So I am here. Don't wait for resurrection. Resurrection is right here. Amen? Resurrection is right here. Whatever you are going through today, resurrection is right with you. That thing that is going down is going to rise again not in the future, but now. Resurrection is on your way. Whatever is dying in your life will come alive again. Because the resurrection is here with us. Jesus said, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked, do you believe this? Do you believe this? You are in a very tough situation, but you stay dedicated, and God takes you from that level to a different level of faith in Him. She said, Yes, I believe. I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, you need to recognize this. When they use the word, the Son of God, the son of a man is what? The son of man is the what? A man. Son of God is what? God. God. I, said, I know you're God. I know you are God. That you've come into the world. And when she has said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come. No, no bitterness, right? They were not arguing with him. They had no feelings against him because he didn't show up. Everything they knew the situation. If he was, if he had come, their brother would have lived. But Jesus is not going to explain to them why he didn't come in time. <laughs> Amen. He just shows up at his own time. God shows up in his own time, not your time. According to his purpose, all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called, according to whose purpose? 
His purpose. His purpose is greater than your purpose. Their purpose, Mary and Martha, their purpose was for Jesus to come as soon as he heard about it, to come and then make their brother well. But God's purpose, no, he's going to die. We don't like that. But he will be back up again. I don't want to go into the scriptures. You can read that scripture, but let me go just talk to you about what's really happened here. Jesus said something. I probably should go into that. When Jesus heard that and Mary left, uh, I mean Martha left to get Mary, and Mary instantly, as soon as she heard Jesus had come into town, she left everybody and ran to Jesus and said the same thing. If you had been here, my brother would not die. And then Jesus, he said, he groaned in the spirit and said, where did you lay him? He was addressing the grave now. And Jesus was walking down to the grave and he was weeping. Now, crying is different from weeping, okay? Weeping is where you're making a lot of noise. It's painful. And then I wonder, why was he weeping? Have you ever thought about it? Why was Jesus weeping? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, right? And yet he was weeping. Why? Listen to this. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. See how Jesus loved this man. And then they, they recall because they had seen, they heard that he opened the eyes of a blind man, somebody born, from, born blind. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? They recognized that. They recognized that. He could have. But he was not around. And they saw him weeping. In their mind, it was over. Why did Jesus weep? That thing has always bothered me. Then I realized he was weeping because of what we had to go through as man. He was weeping for us. Not for himself, but for us. The things that we have to go through, painful things, even though those things will result in something pleasant for the kingdom of God. But Jesus, as a man, understood and saw what we're going through. And it was painful to him. I don't believe he was just weeping just for Lazarus. Lazarus was going to be okay. But seeing what we go through, that was painful to the father's heart. And Jesus wept. I mean, not cry. He wept. For us. If you are going through something and you are weeping, guess who is weeping with you? The father. Yet he knows he will deliver you from it. But he weeps for you because of the pain that you're going through. He recognizes it. But he'll bring deliverance. But it's his own time. It's always according to his purpose. Amen? Always according to his purpose. You know the purpose for this? It's an amazing thing. If Jesus had gone straight and healed Lazarus and Lazarus got well, it's just like any other healing he's done before. Right? They already knew. But this was different. He raised him from the dead after the man had been dead for four days. And I'm sure that news went all over the country. You will have, 
if you if they had social media at that time, oh Lord, all kinds of pictures and save, and people will be writing. It will be wonderful. But it went all over the place that Jesus had done this. And then before Jesus went to the cross, he came back to Bethany and was staying with Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead. And people came. Listen to this. John chapter 12, verse 19. Purpose. Purpose. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. A great many people knew that Jesus was in with Lazarus and Mary in their home. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only. Can you see that? But that they might see Lazarus. So it's a big miracle. Lazarus is famous. People want to see Lazarus. Did you read the scriptures? You know why so many people came on Palm Sunday to see Jesus? John chapter 12, verse 17. I'm talking about the purpose right now. You have your purpose, God has his purpose, and it's usually greater. It says, therefore the people who were, this is Palm Sunday, therefore the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of his tomb, tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. They were sharing with people, ah, I was there, I saw it, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He says, for this reason, the people also met him. They came out with pamphlets and everything, just because they've heard about him raising Lazarus from the dead. And those that saw it bore witness. It's always for a greater witness in your, for your life. Amen? Always for a greater witness. You may be going through tough times, but God is training your hands for warfare and the witness for his name. And your life becomes greater. People want to sit with you. I wonder how many people will call Lazarus. Tell us. What happened when you died? Did you hear a voice when he raised you from the dead? CNN and Fox News, everybody wants to know what's going on. Tell us. Became a big thing. The people came in rows just to see Jesus, mainly because may God use your trouble after He's delivered you for a greater witness for His name. Because that's the purpose. But you have a good heart when you're going through it. Stay dedicated to Him. Dedicated and devoted to Him, regardless of what's going on in your life. Whatever it is, God's cooking something. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He leads me in the path of righteousness for what? For His name's sake. And why He's leading you in the path of righteousness is nesting. Is though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're wondering. I'm living a righteous life, and here we go. But he says, I'm going to be with you. And then the next thing, he's preparing a table before you in the presence of the enemy. Amen. Let me use something to illustrate to you the way I think God works. When we think about the life of Joseph, we always go with Joseph's life and what happened to Joseph and how Joseph became the prime minister in their world, the 
than world because Egypt had everything. We always focus on Joseph. That's good. But what about Jacob? What about Jacob? That was his beloved son. That was his son. And then Joseph actually thought, my son Joseph, Jacob actually thought, my son Joseph is dead. The grief and the pain. He shifted to Benjamin for a little comfort. But I'm sure he never forgot Joseph. Listen to what happened here. The brothers then took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast had devoured him. Without a doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. That was his thinking. What if God had told him, Just don't worry about it, Joseph is still alive? That would have been a lot of comfort to Jacob, right? But he never said a word to him. He allowed Joseph to carry that thinking in his mind. And many of us, why would God allow this to happen to a man of God and his son? Notice Jacob didn't fight God about it. He never questioned God about it. His devotion remained the same. God didn't tell him anything about what happened. He was just doing his own thing. Can you understand what this is? That's the way God works. Many times he doesn't tell you what he's doing. It's a test. If you will stay devoted to him even though it doesn't make sense. I can imagine when finally, after many years, Jacob realized my son, uh, Joseph, is alive. Jacob had some things he wanted for his son, but he never knew his son was going to be the prime minister of the world. God worked it out. Even though he had to suffer. But Joseph, uh, Jacob never left his devotion to God. Even though that had happened to him. And he had no question. But God had a bigger purpose. Amen? God had a bigger purpose. The same thing with Joseph. Joseph himself. With Joseph himself, the same thing God did. Notice that Joseph was an amazing man. We think that God was telling Joseph exactly what he's doing. You're going to become a prime minister someday. He never said anything to him. But Joseph remained devoted to God. That's all I'm asking. You need to stay devoted to God no matter what's going on in your life. You need to keep seeking Him. You need to keep praying to Him. You need to stay with God because whatever is going on in your life, God is working it out for your good. But the greatest purpose for the good of His kingdom. And that's good for you. It's good for me. That's what we must remember. When things get difficult, don't go away from God. Go deeper in your devotion to God. Stay with it. 
Because God will eventually reveal to you what he is doing and how all will come out. And I'm going to close with this. Sometimes the toughest time in your life is right before there is a great victory coming to you. When you get to the place where it's so tough and you think, wow, there is no way I can make it. I don't know where to go. And there is a pain. If you stay with God, right over the corner, the greatest victory in your life. You know, David had been running away from Saul for so many years. Think about it. He was anointed by one of the greatest prophets ever, Samuel. That God would not allow his word to fall to the ground. He was anointed to be king. What we want for ourselves is, God, why don't you kill Saul so I can become king? But that never happened. He was running away from Saul. And he went to be with the Philistines. And they were going to fight with uh, Saul. Mount Gilboa. Where Saul died. And David wanted to fight. He was with the Philistines. I don't know. I'm sure he was like, what am I going to do? Kill my people? But the people recognized that's David, the one that killed Goliath. Uh, he might turn around and start destroying us, in fact. So we don't want David to be with us. Send him away. But when David went back home, his wife, his children, everyone had been taken away from him. And his men, the people he brought up, and they became warriors. And they were mad at him. That was the lowest time in David's life. The men, they wept to the point where some of the men couldn't go to war. They were so distraught. And I'm sure David saw their pain and David was hurting. He didn't know where his wives were and his children. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen? And inquired of God. Well, I'm saying, why did this happen? But the key thing is, after David recovered everything, Saul was dead. So, his greatest trouble, right before he became king. You see that? I wish God would respect what I say. Don't worry, David. Uh, you are about to be king. No, he doesn't tell him anything. He allows him to go through all the whipping and all of that. If God had told him, David said, Don't worry, man. God's going to recover us and we are going to be the king of Israel. God has told me. God didn't tell him that. He waited for what he would do. But David talked to his God. Devoted to God. And right the other day, after that day, he was on his way to becoming the king of Israel. Amen? May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Would you stand up with me this morning? There is a reason why you're here. To hear this message. Some of us are going through some things right now. I want you to make a commitment to God that the world behind me and I'm going after Jesus no matter what. Whether I understand or don't understand what I'm going through, I'm going after Jesus. Because when it's over, it's always best for you 
and for the kingdom of God. And there is a reward in heaven for you. Amen? There is a reward in heaven. I'm going to call some of our prayer partners. Would you come up, Larry? Angela? Uh, Joy? You guys come up here. If you need to give your life to Christ or you're having something, I want you to come out and pray with these people and let them agree with you. The Bible says, If two shall agree concerning anything on the earth that they shall ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If you need prayer right now, why don't you come up? Come up. Sometimes we feel like we don't want to, but if something is going on in your life and you need God, this is the time. There's always a time. It's always a season. Why don't you come up? If you need something else, God, your finances, whatever it is, if you're going through something, why don't you come up? Sometimes we're looking at others, what people will think. I don't care about those. I just want what God wants to do in my life. And I'm going to let you know everything that is prayed for this morning, God's going to answer. God's going to answer. So I encourage you to come and let somebody agree with you. For the rest of us, would you lift your hands up this morning? The Bible tells us to lift our hands up. As a form of surrender and say, God, I'm going wherever you're going. I surrender to you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters that you will do a great work in their lives. By the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, 